Are you a woman in the corporate world, striving to break barriers, challenge unconscious bias, and lead the way for women in leadership roles globally? If so, this is the podcast for you. Introducing Leading Ladies Who Lunch. The lunch hour is usually the time when colleagues get together for real, honest conversations about work, life, and everything in between. In each episode of Leading Ladies Who Lunch, we'll delve into insightful discussions and share actionable strategies to help you navigate corporate life. Co-hosted by me, Cece George, a leadership development architect and inspirational speaker. I'm thrilled to share my experience and expertise on leadership, mentorship, and organizational intelligence to help you own your career. And me, Rachel Lowndes, CEO and founder, imposter syndrome expert and mindset coach at Rachel Lowndes Coaching and Consulting. Passionate about helping women conquer imposter syndrome and unleash their inner confidence to get the recognition and promotions they deserve. Jam-packed with insightful conversations, expert advice, and inspiring stories from a diverse group, we'll explore how to overcome obstacles, shatter those glass ceilings, and build unshakable mindsets to unlock your true potential. So whether you're sipping a coffee or enjoying a meal at your desk, tune in for a no-host-bar lunchtime chat. Episodes will be dropped every two weeks. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Leading Ladies Who Lunch, empowering women, one conversation at a time. Welcome. Hello, hello. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Leading Ladies Who Lunch podcast. In our last episode, we talked about owning our voice. As agents of change, we all have the power to make a difference and have an impact. But let's be honest, some people may not be able to handle it when you start owning your voice and shining your light. This is why it is so important to manage others' perception of us. So how do we handle the opinions of others, especially those we report to in the work environment? And how about when there is a disconnect or a misunderstanding? And what could be the fallback if others' opinion and perception isn't properly managed? Think about what impact that could have on our performance, our careers, even our leadership brand. And that's why the topic for this episode is not to let someone else's opinion of you become your truth or how you identify. But to do that, we have to navigate and manage perception. And this is a lesson I unfortunately did learn the hard way. Oh, this is a juicy topic and I like it. I'm sure the listeners will resonate with this in some way. Now, the juice comes in how to recognize when it's happening and what to do so it doesn't knock your confidence and how to adequately manage these people through clear and calm communication. (laughs) It definitely is. And I have to be honest, this is a topic that is very personal to me because of my past experiences. Mm -hmm. I know I've casually shared the experience of this topic with a number of people before. Mm -hmm. And when I look back on my career, it's funny how you can pinpoint those moments, especially where I think back and look at it, where I might have behaved a certain way or made a decision because I let someone else's opinion or impression of me become who I was. And there were so many times when it was apparent what someone else thought of me. Mm. And 
rather than speaking up, owning my voice and challenging their opinion or perception, I chose to remain quiet, thereby allowing them to continue seeing me that way. And the recent conversations that I've had have really started to spark my reflection on this topic in particular. And I'd love to share that. But first, Rachel, I'm curious, have you ever had an experience, maybe you were aware of someone else's opinion or perception of you that wasn't aligned to who you are? How did you manage that? And what was the impact it had on you? Yeah, I mean, I've had encountered many managers who simply haven't liked me, right? And eventually found a way. <laughs> you? No. <laughs> the organization, purely because they didn't, you know, they just liked me. Uh, and this has happened countless times here in Australia. Uh, it didn't really happen in the UK. So that's, I mean, I don't know whether that's a cultural thing or something, but it has happened a lot here. I've obviously worked here for longer and mostly by female leaders too, which uh, mm. is always a bit, I mean, I always felt quite disappointed by that, to be honest. Um, right. but, you know, it, it has happened with male leaders and it's not all the leaders I've worked under. I must caveat that, right? I've had a couple of right. great leaders who've ad- advocated for me and for those people, I'm always going to be super grateful. Right. But, you know, I used to think that um, people in authority, when they had an opinion about me or my work, that that was the truth, right? Uh, and I just didn't right. think for one minute that I could dismiss that. Wow. And so looking back on my career, I've allowed my identity to be molded by what others decided I was, you know, their opinion or their judgment of me. And the thing is, like, I'm quite a direct person, right? I call a spade a right. spade, right? I like to get on with things. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, you know, quite, I'm well-spoken, I'm educated, you mm. know, I, I don't look that bad, look okay, like I'm well-dressed and, and kind of well put together, and so sure. these things quite often led to labels about me in the office, like, you know, because I do like to just get on with things and I am direct, like bossy, bitchy, right. and up herself, needs to be taken down or controlled, and who does she think she is, that kind of reaction. Yeah. Um, so I was met with that quite often. Yeah, I know. Like, imagine having that kind of vibe coming your way. Yeah. And I know that that's an external expression of what other people formulated about me in the, you know, the few minutes that they had interacted with me. I mean, interestingly enough, I know that this is like a consistent because I remember when I went to a new school when I was young, I'm just going to go like revert back to like, like just this kind of thought. <laughs> and I was 12 years old, I'd moved to a new school. And I remember some, one of my friends who became a friend of mine later saying, I remember when you first walked into the classroom and I thought, oh, that's, that's girls a boyfriend stealer. I mean, oh. I just walked into the classroom. Right. I don't really think to anyone. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Right? And I'm not a boyfriend stealer, just to caveat, just to, you know, point that out. But <laughs> I'm talking about that kind of initial reaction to me. And so, you know, these kind of experiences have been perpetuated throughout my life. Um, and no one knows me at this point, right? So... They don't know how I feel. They don't know what I want in my life. They don't know what matters to me. Right. So, yeah, so all of these experiences didn't really give me much hope about leadership or sort of guidance or gave me any guidance that I really needed mm-hmm. in my career. And, in fact, the story of their perception and opinion of me that I believed about myself then perpetuated my imposter syndrome, my lack of self-belief in right. my ability uh, to achieve to a higher level. So it became my truth. 
Oh my gosh. I, you know, I love what you said about living your entire life thinking that what other people thought of you was who you were. That is powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think it's that very same idea that so many people struggle with. And think about all the people who are out there right now who are struggling with it Mm -hmm. and they don't have anywhere else to share it because they speak up about it. It even becomes more true. You know, we get so bought into what people think of us. And I think we do that in our personal lives as well with our friendships, other relationships. It, it's like this never-ending cycle mm-hmm. that really takes over. And as you rightfully point out, fosters imposter syndrome and the belief that we aren't deserving, worthy, capable, intelligent, or that we're going to be found out like someone's going to suddenly figure out that we are an imposter, we're a fraud, right? Yeah. And, you know, you're going to know who the real me is, right? Right. (laughs) I will be revealed. I have got all of you fools. I think I've even said that a couple of times to people. (laughs) Yeah, because I I feel like I have to almost, you know, you know, it's like a preemptive strike. I have to get you before you actually call me out on it. So I... Yeah. You know, self-deprecating humor is what I'm really good at. <laughs> and I mean, that's going to happen, especially if you're kind of living out someone else's opinion of you. You're not exactly. going to feel like you're really being yourself. You are going to feel like a bit of a fake and a fraud, aren't you? Exactly. Yeah. And I think I've I've had so many moments in my career where I let someone else's opinion of me define who I was. Mm. Uh, and the the moment that really stands out for me, this is real, I think it's a really interesting story. I think there's a number of lessons I could derive from it. And this happened about seven or eight years ago. I was working in a company where I took an internal transfer and my new boss was someone who was also Indian right. from the same part of India that I was from. So immediately yeah. I'm thinking, oh, this will be great. Yeah. We'll have that in common. We'll get along great. It'll be really easy. Yeah, I mean, why That's wouldn't what you? I thought? Yeah, <laughs> right. Natural, <laughs> natural thought process. Yeah, right. Okay, so that's pretty normal, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I was working with this man for the first time. I was a project manager role, mm. and so from the very beginning, my new people leader, my new boss, you know, really kept me at arm's length, uh, which is interesting because he's the one who hired me but right away when I joined his team there was this immediate you know kind of standoffish nature he had he really didn't bother to clarify what his expectations were of me in the role he didn't train or try and coach me in the process and the projects but above all that he really didn't get to know me as a person You know, in fact, in the year that I worked with him, I still had no idea what his children's names were. And he had no idea that I had children. Oh, no. That's how well we knew each other in one year. So about a month after working uh, on his team and taking that role on, I, you know, when you get that feeling in the very pit of your stomach that your gut is telling you something is wrong. I got that feeling after a month of working with him oh my god even just walking up into the building I would get this dreaded feeling in my chest where everything in my body told me to turn around and run away right (laughs) right we don't (laughs) (laughs) if only I had listened to just run away um 
How many times? So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) so maybe a month or two after I started working with him, he gave me this big project to work on Mm. and, you know, he didn't explain how the project should go, but I, I used my brains and I figured it out. And the project was, I had to swipe out some equipment of an office. So the, the, the installation had to take off, take over during a weekend. And so as a project manager, I would have to design and construct a plan, coordinate logistics with the vendor and the staff and do all project managerial type things. Mm-hmm. I shared the plan with him ahead of time. He said, okay, that was, that was the only feedback I got. Okay. All right. All right. So the weekend comes and goes, there's no feedback from him except on Monday morning, I get an email and the email is a touch base with him. But the interesting thing about the email is it wasn't a regular meeting where I would have to go into his office. The meeting location was set for another building, like another office where I don't normally go. Immediate panic. Yeah. So I'm thinking, (laughs) what the hell? I'm, are they going to fire me? (laughs) Over what? You can imagine my surprise and my trepidation as I'm walking into this meeting. So here he is sitting in this room. It's a really small room. It's very cold. I walk in and he goes, all right, sit down. Okay, cool. What's going on? And he proceeds to tell me what a horrible job I did with that project, how he is really ashamed and disappointed in my performance, how everyone else is also really ashamed and disappointed, how I could have done, I should have done a much better job. And every time I tried to ask him for examples, mm. he kept beating around the bush. Well, I can't give you that. I can't give you that. And that's how I knew he wasn't being authentic. Mm. The worst part about that experience was, you know, typically when someone has a feedback conversation and I talk about feedback with my internal clients all the time, how to mm. give feedback, right? Yeah. But typically you end a feedback conversation at the end with some type of encouragement. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I think you might've had a really hard time on this one going forward. We're going to partner together. I'm going to be there to support you. And you got this some type of encouragement, right? Yeah. Or some improvement. Do you know how he wrapped up that conversation? He he just got up and left the room. Whoa. There was no goodbye. There was no, Hey, see you later. There was no, all right. (laughs) So you can imagine I'm sitting in this cold room and I'm trying to think what just happened. What was that? And, you know, I eventually got up and, you know, walked to my car and, you know, I, I let the tears, you know, burst and called an immediate work friend and, you know, tried to get some support empathy, which I was able to. So look, I mean, I really had two options at this point. I can either, wallow in self-pity and oh my god I was found out the mask has been taken off and I am just a really horrible employee or I can just decide you know I'm not going to let someone else have that much power over me and Mm. that's what I did the next morning I walked into work and I was I just decided from that moment I wasn't going to take too much value into what he had to say about me. I was still going to perform the only way I knew how. I was going to do a good job and just not care about the rest. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is, after a couple of months, he asked me to come back into his regular office and he wanted to give me some feedback. Right. And the feedback he had to say was, 
hey, you know what? You've been doing a great job. Your communication's really improved. All the partners are really happy with you. And you're you're really doing a great job. Mm. But the funny thing is, nothing about my performance changed except my my lens in how I looked at the work and how I looked at him. The moment I stopped caring about what he had to say about me, that's when everything for me really started to go on the up and up. And, you know, like I said, I really, I, sh- I could have, it could have gone another way. This mm. experience could have gone the opposite where I just go down that spiral of yeah. out of controlness. Yeah. But I had just decided that I have to stop doing that and I have to take ownership of who I am. Mm. And I would never again, let someone else's opinion of me become my truth. Yeah. You know, so it's also a lesson about how important it is to manage other people's perception and that's the first time I ever learned how important it was wow I mean that was just not a great experience for you you know like it had the potential to be really damaging you know I'm sure a lot of people you know who are listening have maybe had you know maybe can see themselves in that story or have had similar experiences I mean I don't even know what to say about some of the ways (laughs) that they acted apart from like that is like not how to not be a manager 101, right? Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, good on you for making a choice about how you manage it from there and, you know, how you turn that around. Because as you say, you know, uh, you could have gone down that spiral of believing that, wow, I've been exposed and now I don't know what to do with that and how do I get back from that and, you know, you know that's not great. And then instead you decided that, well, you know, I'm going to be a bit more about what I care about and what I'm, you know, be your authentic self. And so it's really important to know that we do have a choice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the interesting thing, thing is that, like, whilst not caring became like a good strategy for you, I think what it really meant is that you were not going to take it on and let it dominate your ability to perform at your best. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. kind of a key insight there, isn't it? You know, and when it comes to opinions about you in your workplace we have to remember that opinions are just people's thoughts you know they're not gospel truth we don't have to accept them and you know and instead we when we get feedback about who we are and our work it's important to remember that we have the option to take what we need from that feedback to use it to our advantage and discard the rest Mm-hmm. Now I didn't know that until I was in my early forties, right? When a friend of me, friend of mine, told me that you know I could do that. Like I actually needed permission from her to dismiss oh, wow. people's feedback instead of taking it on and making it who I was. Wow! Right now, imagine living your entire life living up, living you know up to that point, thinking that what other people thought of you was actually who you were. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine what that would be like. (laughs) No, yeah, everyone has opinions. It's important to hear them, but we don't have to accept them or embody them as your own. That's something I really had to learn. So I think having belief in your abilities helps here because a conversation like the one you had can really knock your confidence to the point where you might even consider leaving your job or possibly your career altogether. Exactly. Right. So as managers and leaders, there's a real responsibility to present feedback in a way that helps, not hinders, as to your point about encouragement. You know, and playing the blame game in the way that they did isn't the way. And I wonder if that, you know, if that manager actually really blamed themselves for that lack of success, but they couldn't really handle it. It sounds like they weren't really engaged in what you were doing anyway. Right. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I've I've really encountered that quite a lot in my uh, my kind of career, and I think it just comes down to that lack of proper leadership and management skills, because telling someone you know what they are and, and you know kind of how ashamed. I mean, wow, that's full on. Like, there's a lot of unconscious bias going on when we have opinions about people in as well. So some of that feedback you got other people are ashamed of you that's really strong shame is a mm-hmm. strong emotion um and it's definitely not rooted in kindness or compa- compassion is it it's kind of a form of control i think so it can be a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy if you let it you could have walked away from that going i should be ashamed of who i am essentially oh, yeah that's the message and that's i mean that's how i felt for the first few hours following mm-hmm. that conversation um mm-hmm. i think you're absolutely right rachel And that's why I think, you know, now that I'm a little older and I've reflected on that experience quite a few times, you know, there's always that, there's that saying, you know, there's clarity in 2020, you know, you, in in hindsight, you know, so I, I definitely think as an older professional, I now, if I were to coach someone, I would coach someone differently because Mm. of what I've gone through and how I think you know, what would have happened if I had spoken up and really challenged what he had to say? I mean, I did ask for specific examples, but I didn't challenge what he had to say. Right. I did not, you know, I, I allowed him to use the language without, you know, challenging that. I wonder what could have happened if I would have said, you know, I'm the kind of person that doesn't allow people to talk to me like that. Yeah. I just wonder what would have happened if I had challenged what he had to say by saying such a strong Mm. Right. Mm. But it didn't come to me at the time. This is something that I'm thinking about because I'm older mm. and I, I have the confidence to say that now to people that I don't allow people to speak to me like that. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I think, it, you know, again, I think the lesson is also in managing other people's perceptions. Mm. You know, someone once told me that perception is everything in the workplace. Yeah. Personally, I don't believe it's everything. But I do think just like with anything else, it is something that you have to manage and you have to be on top of it. You know, so in that story that I shared, just like I just said, you know, what could have transpired between that former boss and I, if I didn't manage that perception, if I, maybe if I gave it a few days, let it marinate and then went back to him and asked him, you know, I'd like to revisit that conversation. I'm really looking to learn and grow and develop, but I would, you know, really appreciate if you can really explain to me the basis for what you had to say, because I'm still unclear. I just, I wonder if I had taken that stand Mm. because in not speaking up, he is basically sitting there thinking everything that he said was accurate and correct. And it's true. And me, I'm looking like I'm a coward because I'm just not speaking up and saying anything against it. So he's thinking, okay, well, I've won that round. You know, she's not going to say anything and that's who she is, you know, so I could have had potentially a different trajectory on that team. And maybe my career would have looked different if I had spoken up, you know, Mm. and, you know, instead of speaking up and like, like you said, my strategy was just simply not caring which that strategy led me to find another career internally, which I was so happy with. I I do think everything happens for a reason. And, you know, again, now that I'm older, I can think back and I can say here that there are a lot of opportunities to grow, but it's really 
the most growth that you're going to have is in the moments when you're truly uncomfortable. And I am only now learning that lesson. So you really have to push yourself outside your comfort zone to truly grow. What do you think? Um, well, first of all, I just kind of want to touch on the point that we have no control over what other people think of us, right? Just in terms of that perception piece, we can only control our reaction to it. And so in that story you've told, you you know, eventually you controlled the, your reaction to it, which was to go, I'm not going to wear it. I'm not going to take it on. So it's like really important for people to understand that we try to think, oh, they think this about us. They, uh, you know, that, this, that, and the other. We don't know that. We have literally no idea what people are thinking about us. We can't control what they think about us. We can only control our reaction. So that's kind of that point but to your question feedback is essential to our progress and growth right and especially when it's get you know it's it's, it's better if it's given in a constructive way <laughs> not that way you mean <laughs> yeah and you know, even if we hear something we don't like we do have to ask ourselves honestly like what part of that feedback um that I didn't like might actually be true you know what is the 10 percent right that they could have a point. And so we don't often ask ourselves these questions, right? It's it's very right. easy to let people's opinions about us matter because we learn from our caregivers what they, you know, our parents, our teachers, what they say about us, what we should do, how, we sh how things should be done, what we should think, you know, we learn that that is the truth, right? We don't know any different. And we trust these people. And this is where we learn our values and our beliefs. And so when we let what others think or say about us or even impress upon us, um become our kind of identity we lose that we lose who we are we lose ourselves and our worth in in amongst that so it's important to understand that you know that narrative is not your story and learn how to take on what resonates and not what doesn't so you know a really good a really good place to start with this is performance reviews right we all have performance reviews and sometimes they can trigger a negative response so the first thing to do is, you know, take that feedback and then sit with it, let it process and breathe before you react. A bit where like you had the emotional kind of outburst first, let it kind of go through you. Right. And then, you know, kind of be truthful with yourself about what parts of it might be true. The bits that might actually be helpful if you kind of break it down and take it away from like what was actually said or the way it was said it, like what part of it might actually be true and something that you might need to work on. Maybe in that situation, your communication was something, but that wasn't reiterated to you. It wasn't kind of clearly said to you. Had that been said in a different way, you might have walked away with, oh, maybe I could have communicated better or something like that. You know what I mean? And then you learn from that. And then you can discard the rest and revisit it later if it's pertinent, if you think it might have some value later or if it keeps coming up. And then you can work on those areas so that you can improve and then figure out what the actions are that you need to take in order to get that, you know, improve all that growth, that kind of pushing yourself a bit out of your comfort zone. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah, thank, and thank you for pointing out, you know, I think the point you made earlier about, you know, the the way that I reacted and, you know, the process and letting everything, you know, sort of happen. I think you do need to give yourself time. And I think that's why, even when you do have a feedback conversation with your manager, you know, good leaders will give you feedback and then they can check it off their to-do list because they've completed their task yeah. by relieving their burden and putting it onto your shoulders. Mm. A great leader 
will allow you space who might say at the end of the feedback conversation and say, you know what, if, um, you know, if you want to revisit this topic or if something comes to you after our conversation, you know, please let me know. We want to make this an ongoing dialogue to keep the mm -hmm. feedback ongoing and have that continuous conversation. I think that's what makes a great leader Yeah. because sometimes people look at these feedback conversations as a one and done and they've checked off their task on their to-do list yeah and people do look at feedback with that eye of oh my gosh what does that person going to say about me because as humans feedback feels like a personal attack on yeah. who we are yeah because the very nature of feedback is I have to say something to you because I want you to either improve Mm. or not make the same mistake that you just did yeah. right and that suggests that something is wrong with you yeah that's why feedback at the heart is a very complex process so that I'm glad great. that you included yeah. you know those uh those good tidbits you know and I think you know going back to the the topic of managing others perception I think you were right when you said about the opinions, you know, I think we can only control our controllables mm -hmm. and our controllables lie in how we react to things. So I think, you know, like you said, taking some time to sit with it, let it like just run its natural course and then think about what you want to take from that mm -hmm. feedback conversation or, or what you're, what you're hearing. But I think, you know, managing others perception is also part of how you manage your brand, right? Mm. That's all part of your brand. Yeah. So, but managing all this perception, the part of it that you have to manage is the script that you can control. You can't control someone else's script, right? You can only control what what you are with what's within your scope. Yeah. So I think the first thing you place you have to start with is believing yourself. And I know it sounds so easy to say, oh, just believe in yourself. That sounds really easy, right? Like, Rachel, go believe in yourself. I Done. know. As a statement, right? it's easy to say. Yeah. Yeah, it's very easy. <laughs> and I think that comes after you spend some much needed time and you've done the work to really look at who mm -hmm. you are, what you can do, what you've accomplished, and what you are striving for. Mm -hmm. That this is something that has taken me years to finally know my worth. Yeah. So when I say believe in yourself, I'm, I don't mean, oh, it's like a light switch. You turn it on and suddenly you believe in yourself. That's not what I mean. Yeah. I mean, do the work of taking that journey of self-appreciation and valuing who you are. Because if you don't, Others won't. It's as simple as that. You have to, it's sort of like a salesman. A salesman has to believe in the product for other people to buy in, right? Yeah, you've got to so believe you in yourself to sell yourself, right? And that exactly. comes the internal script. Like you've got to change exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So in addition to that, I'll also add that managing others' perceptions, opinions, and navigating that whole world you have to do that by having conversations with people. So mm. like in the story that I shared and like I shared with you earlier, I wonder what would have happened if I questioned what he had to say instead mm. of taking it, as you say, like gospel truth. Mm. So the next time you hear someone say something to you that, oh, you are completely incompetent, instead of accepting it and, to go and going, oh, okay, then I am. No, stop right there. And you control the narrative. Well, so the what conversation would then be, 
What do you mean? Tell me more. What yeah. is, what are you observing that you are now concluding that I am that? Yeah. Get curious. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And get curious. So not from a place of defense, mm. a place of, oh, I wonder why you would say that. Mm, and then that is an invitation to have a conversation yeah also and take like, the anger out of it as well if you just say I wonder why I'm curious I wonder exactly yeah. instead of saying why'd you say that <laughs> we, we want to come from a place of curiosity because yeah. that is a way to potentially uh de-escalate what could be a very <laughs> yeah painful situation for you yeah yeah and then I'll just add, you know, to have a mindset of learning and growing, mm. you know, when I, when I chose not to wallow in self-pity and stay on the woe is me wagon, <laughs> I chose another path instead. Yeah. And I'm proud of myself for doing that because it was in that moment that I decided that, no, I'm not going to fall into that trap and let his narrative control me. Mm. And, you know, I, I wanted to prove not just to him, but to myself that I can do things. Yeah. And since that conversation with him, I've gone on to take on a number of different rising roles. I have gotten my master's in leadership, no less, spoken at conferences, co-authored two articles that are published in journals, and just recently delivered a 45-minute keynote speech. Yes. So for the person who once told me I can never do more and be more than that, well, I say very kindly, I did. Yeah. You know, and I think that's amazing that you can turn around and say that because at the end of the day, you know, like we said before, that whole conversation could have had a completely different kind of effect on your career. You could have left your career gone, I'm not cut out for this. I'm just going to be a mum and a wife, you know, mm -hmm. and like had no career whatsoever. And, you know, the thing about growing is that we have to also look at what are some of our kind of not downfalls, but like the things that we're maybe not as good at, which could actually help us become more successful, like turning those weaknesses into our strengths by facing up to them. Right. The things that we're scared of, essentially, right. you know, like speaking up or sharing ideas and that kind of thing. We have to like look at that and go, well, why am I holding myself back from that? And what is this doing to my career? How is this serving me? And again, not letting other people's opinions of you then determine the trajectory of your life and your career. Like they just don't need to have that power. So we can change that narrative. Yeah, you know, because the if the opinion of us matters and we believe what people say about us and our work and our behaviour, it's going to reflect this. And it's, it's not always constructive, especially right. if we you know, at our core disagree with it. So, you know, as I say, you might engage in sabotaging behaviours, like you may leave your job. I mean, in my case, I ended up being becoming belligerent, playing up, doing the least amount I could get away with. And externally, I, I was drinking quite a lot. So to break, um, to break it, we have to take a moment to reflect on these opinions and decide if that's what is, is true about us. And then, you know, decide, no, it's not. I'm going to change that. Because... Right, yeah really the only the only opinion about us that matters is the one that we have of ourselves <laughs> 100% I could not have said that better it is totally up to us to control that narrative and the only one that matters you're right is the one that we hold of ourselves mm. 
you know, this has been such an amazing, you know, time with you, Rachel, to talk about, you know, this topic and just wanted to take a few moments to recap, you know, everything that we're sharing here. So like I said, believing yourself, do that work up front of understanding, getting to know who you are, your strengths, your abilities, and really face all your accomplishments in the mirror and smile, you know, mm. have that confidence in your abilities, because if you don't, others certainly won't. <laughs> and managing others' perceptions and opinions of you by asking for feedback, you know, using phrases, you know, when you hear something that you're, you know, you're question, you're questioning internally, just ask, well, tell me more about that, you know, and look at that feedback with a curious eye to mm. see what you can truly take as feedback to grow. Yeah. And then the last thing I'll add here is that growth mindset to push yourself beyond what you think you can do, you know. Yeah, I, I talk about this with other people, but I'll say it here. Unleash your inner badass <laughs> and prove to yourself and others that you are more than what people just see on the surface. Yeah, totally agree. Also would add, like I always do, that knowing and understanding your core values goes a long way to helping you build a strong internal personal profile and brand. Because when you know these and live by these, you know, conversations like the one you had become a lot easier because you're like, well, that doesn't feel like it fits with who I am and you can question it right everything just becomes a little bit easier when you really understand who you are at your core and what's like what means something to you absolutely I think values are at the core of everything that we do and all of the decisions and actions that we take yeah. This has been amazing. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Leading Ladies Who Lunch podcast. This was a heavy topic, but one that holds a lot of value. And our hope is always that you can feel seen and heard with some practical tools and strategies to help you navigate similar situations for yourself. If you like this episode, we would be so grateful if you could share it with your friends and tag us on social media at Leading Ladies Who Lunch. Your review of this podcast really means so much to us. We'd love it if you could rate it and subscribe to the show. Remember, you can find us and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. Tune in in two weeks where we will be talking all about what makes a great leader. This is an episode you will not want to miss. Till then, stay sassy. Thank you for joining us on the empowering journey at the Leading Ladies Who Lunch podcast. We hope you've enjoyed our insightful discussions, actionable strategies, and inspiring stories that we break down during each episode. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to Leading Ladies Who Lunch on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And remember, the conversations you've heard on this podcast are just the beginning of your journey. Let your voice be heard inspire change and continue breaking barriers as you lead with authenticity, resilience and unwavering determination. Until next time, keep embracing your leadership potential, challenging the norms and shaping a better world for women in the workplace. Leading Ladies Who Lunch, empowering women, changing lives.